0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles.
1: Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking
0: people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?
1: Hi everybody! Welcome to another episode of Broadway Breakdown. I am part one of your hosts, Matt Koplik.
0: And I'm like the tiniest, most minute part of your other host...
1: John was scavenged. It's true. He's like under a baseball cap. He's in a billowy blue shirt. Why are you tra- hiding, John? I'm trying to disappear today. Today's a really shitty day. Yeah,
0: just, <laughs> I, it, <laughs> it, It's not just the weather. The weather definitely does not help today. But today is just one of those sad, depressing days. I was actually just writing a memo on my phone that was just... <laughs> So, I got caught on the train for like an hour and a half when it was only supposed to be about 40 minutes, and I missed therapy, so I had to cancel therapy. So, I was ready to divulge a lot of emotional, baggagey things today, and then that just never happened. So, this is gonna be a good episode. It might. I might cry today. Like, I honestly don't know. Like, this might be, this could be our Emmy episode. Uh,
1: Do Uh. podcasts get Emmys? They do know. <laughs> yeah. Gram- It'll be our Grammy episode. Yes. yes. Or Toonsie. I don't know. Like the iTunes Awards. The potties. The potties. P- the no. potties. <laughs> uh.
0: Uh. So, yeah, I just, today I just, I, I was writing this little memo to myself because I didn't know what to do. I got here super early. Yeah. I I mean, to give you a, a, a basis of comparison or a kind of symbolic a uh, little nod to like how my day is going. I I just I went to Ripley Greer for no reason. I walked to I, I walked to, into Ripley Greer and I just I stayed there for a little bit because I just felt so lost. Um, For those of you who don't know, know, Ripley Greer isn't is an audition studio. <laughs> Read my article. I was say, John made it rather famous. <laughs> Plug. No, but if you so. um, I I just wandered there. I, of course, pooped. Because what else do you do in an audition studio in New York? The number
1: of times I've had incredible poops at Ripley Greer, just due to pure nerves.
0: Yeah. And uh, and so I took a depressed poop and... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, today's just a crap of a day. It just is. Well, so
1: this is the moment where we turn it the (gasps) fuck around. Well,
0: that's what the memo was about. I was trying to, like write everything. Fuck, stop saying like John.
1: I, I said like so many times <laughs> in our last episode. I was editing it and I'm like, god damn it Matt. Choose your words better. I felt as if I had been doing okay
0: for a couple episodes. Um, but I'm also my sugar's low right now. I can feel it and I think it's yeah. just my crutch. Ugh, e. But <sighs> But I, I was writing this memo, and I was I was writing down all the things that I was feeling and everything that I was frustrated about today, that I've been frustrated about this week, um, that I was frustrated... Stupid things, too. And then also, one of my friends has been having maybe one of the worst possible 2018s that anyone could have. Um, they, they truly have had the uh, Job from the Bible of years, just oh. truly any kind of awful... Horrific thing you could think of happening to them and their friends and their family. Just times that by 10, and that's what's happening. And so it's just, it's crazy because then I was writing all these things down and just trying to think about how lucky I am in comparison, but then I felt guilty, and it's just that never ending God, life is hard. Yeah. Well,
1: it doesn't count if it's easy. (laughs) I guess not. I don't know. I, it does, so it I mean, comes lied to us. Oh, absolutely! Fuller House lies to me every day, and I'm lying right now. I've actually never watched Fuller House, but well, no, that's, that's a plus. Well, that's something that I actually was thinking to myself this morning because last episode we talked about happiness project and me, you know, doing some compartmentalizing for my life. Yeah, and there were like literally two days after that, uh, my life got very crazy, hectic, and derailed for a little bit for about yeah. two or three days. And I've now been trying to get my uh, project back on course, and it's hard. And I've said to myself, it, you know, it's it's so much easier to be happy about this stuff when it is easy. When it's difficult, that's when you really kind of have to commit to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yesterday was sort of the first day that I felt sort of back on track. Today feels a bit like a test, but I'm persevering, and I'm here with <laughs> you. And that checks off one of my boxes for the day, yes. so I feel good. one of the things
0: that I was writing down though is it's just so crazy how quickly emotions can shift or I, I had such a wonderful day yesterday in so many different mm-hmm. ways. And I felt so hashtag fulfilled and blessed. And I was so joyful and I, 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 I just genuinely happy. And then today I just feel so genuinely sad. And it's just so crazy about how your emotions can go from one extreme to the other. Hey, <laughs> maybe it's bipolar. Hey, therapy. But but I also, the thing that I was thinking about when and I was writing down was I, I get so frustrated because in these moments of sadness or uh, when I start feeling low or when I start feeling um, just when things start feeling out of my control and I feel very bogged down by this, uh, by the outside circumstances, it's just that I don't know about you, but it. I suddenly I just feel like all those happy moments just never existed and oh, I'll yeah. never be happy again. And I, I think that's what I just get so frustrated about because I was writing this d- note of just depression and what I'm feeling and, like, feeling anxious and that I couldn't breathe. And literally, nary 12 hours ago, I was on Ninth Avenue with a margarita in hand being like, "Yeah, scream, blah, 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 blah. I mean, like, I'm not, well, no, I, mean, but- I, I mean, actually wasn't drunk. I had, like... No, that's, just, that's that's you at nine
1: a.m. <laughs> on a good day. Yeah, well, right.
0: That that that's that's the joyful part of me that I love to celebrate. And I, I guess over the years I've learned to celebrate this other side of me too more. But then I hate him because I just feel like he's not as fun or as funny. No,
1: but he's healthy for you. I was, I see <laughs> a, l- a little bit. Yeah, it is. It is actually really uh, interesting how hard it is to remember happy memories when you are sad or yeah. depressed. It's it's it really. You just can't. Everything seems terrible. Yeah. And something that Gretchen Rubin talks about is <laughs> forcing yourself to act happy when you aren't happy. Because right. eventually you start to release some of the anger and some of the pain, or as Mr. Rogers calls it, the mad that you feel. Oh. What, what do you do with the mad that you feel? And <sighs> That man was a genius. He was my first boyfriend. And... <laughs> No other man will ever compare it to him, but that's not about five-year-old okay. me. That's not about five-year-old me. Five-year-old
0: you sexualizing Mister Rogers? No, what? was. It?
1: No, it, what, it, I, it was not sexual. It, was, it literally was. I wanted to marry him and just like keep house. I but, didn't. I didn't want to do it like sexually.
0: once a week. I mean, it's still a marriage. Yeah,
1: sure. <laughs> I mean, those cardigans, baby. It's such a good feeling. To know you're alive, it's such a happy feeling You're growing inside, and when you wake up, ready to say I think I'll make a snappy new day it's This all brings feeling. us to theater. A very good <laughs> uh, the I'm thing that makes us the happiest and the most depressed. Yes, <laughs> oh God. It's like the color purple in 90 seconds. John has seen some theater this week. I did see some theater this week. Tell us about the theater you saw, John.
0: Yeah, well, actually, um, the first show that I saw this week kind of parallels nicely to what I'm feeling and what we were talking about. I saw Playwrights Horizons, um, a new Craig Lucas show uh, entitled I Was Most Alive With You. It's very interesting. I purposely did not read a lot before going to see it. I knew kind of some of the basics um, about, I guess, more of the not technical side of the show. But I, I knew that there were two casts. I know that there was a cast that uh, was was an, an ASL cast, and then a cast that was, you know, going to be the the, the speaking cast, and. I was very excited about it and then right before the show I was peeing cuz I'm getting nervous pee I pee at least 3 times before every show. Yeah. Um, you are 90. We have established yeah. this. It, it, it's so fun too because it, it's it's always all the 90-year-olds and me who who just who who sit down <laughs> and then go up to the usher and go I'll be right back I gotta pee. The, huh? it, it, it's it's all, ah. I get grouped into them so quickly. Um but in the year in and uh in where I was peeing at the urinal, there was a little poster that kind of was a painting of a depiction of the story of Job from the Bible. Are you familiar?
1: I am quite familiar, actually. I used to go to Hebrew school. Yes, you did. I did. Good for you. Um, I don't remember anything about it except I did ace the week that we talked about Joseph because I knew that story inside and out. (laughs) So proud of you. So proud. Thanks, Mom. But
0: uh, it's so what this little poster told me was that uh Craig Lucas was inspired by the the story of Job from the Bible. <laughs> from, if you yeah. don't know the story of Job from the Bible, basically it is a man who was a follower of God, a, a follower of Christianity and Satan comes to God and makes a deal or kind of a bet and mm-hmm. says, "Hey, He's not. He only loves you because you treat him well. He's not going to love you if you... Take everything away yes, from if him. if you take everything away from him or give him a hard life. And God, you know, this personification of God, this white man version of God that we view now in our day, mm-hmm. was all, bitch, you think so? Well, let me try it. So he sent down just everything he could to Job, killed all of his family, took his job, his crops, his house. Gave and, him diseases. Yeah, yeah, gave him diseases. I mean, basically gave him a life of a 20-year-old gay in New York. And so Circa just, just devastating. Oh, yeah, true actually. Yeah. But um and so I I I thought, "Oh, okay. So this is interesting. That's kind of going to be what this is about." The play itself um is interesting. I really want to read the play mm-hmm. because I I then read the foreword by uh craig lewis when I, b- before the show started and the forward was really beautiful mm-hmm. the, it, it it honestly should just be like a part of the show because it's quite just thought-provoking and beautifully written and, and artistically expressed but uh I, I i will say that i have a theory that maybe the play reads would i you might get a little more if you read it than if you see it so it it's it's kind of a a play on what happens to a modern family not the modern family not the tv show but to a modern family of when everything that could go wrong does go wrong and it does not hold back from it It, it, it's quite sad it's quite depressing it follows um a man who is a writer. I I think we're led to believe that it's either a a long-running TV show or a successful TV show. Um, And he and his writing partner are trying to figure out their next project, and you're not exactly sure why. And then they start writing a script for this next project based off of everything that has happened in their lives the last couple months, which include uh, this man's deaf gay son... (sighs) <sighs> falling in love with a uh, ex muslim gay alcoholic prostitute sure sure we 've all been there mm-hmm. if I had a nickel exactly <laughs> um, they are going to Thanksgiving at his mother 's house with their with his alcoholic wife, who does not love him anymore. Um, who thinks that he and his female writing partner are having an affair at this party? Uh, just everything that goes wrong or that could go wrong. Does the matriarch of the family, the grandmother, announces that she has terminal cancer and can no longer fund the TV show? Um, the gay son gets in a fight with his prostitute boyfriend. They leave. He's a prostitute too. Yeah, yeah, the, he, yeah, yeah. I, 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 did, I mentioned that. But did you? I did. I definitely oh, said that the yeah. Muslim prostitute, alcoholic. Oh, it, I, so I, the prostitute <laughs> got lost in all the other prostitutes. Exactly. Um, and after they leave, after having a fight, you find out that they're in a car accident where the gay deaf son... And, oh, and he, he himself is a recovering alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Sorry, forgot to mention that. He loses one of his hands, and so he can no longer sign completely. Um, it, it, and I'm... This is... I'm skipping a lot of things. So it is not a laugh riot farce. Um, All that being said, it is quite beautiful. Um, There are so many beautifully acted moments, so so many beautiful, uh, just really heartbreaking or kind of moments that really kind of present the question of... What do we do when all these awful things, when I'm when I'm feeling my worst, when I'm feeling mm-hmm. low, what is the next chapter that you write? Mm-hmm. Or if you don't have control over what you write, can you live with the outcome? Mm-hmm. And so that was really quite compelling. Um the performances were amazing. So much of the of this of the play I, I really, really loved. The my probably my biggest critique would be that the shadow ASL actors mm-hmm. were not really integrated. There, th- there were two levels of the set. One where it's an office, kind of an office that uh, functions as every other pl- like scene. So it could mm-hmm. also be a living room, it could be a dining room, and then on top there was kind of a balcony with. Uh, I think we're it kind of looked like a, a ton of scripts being s- were, were stored. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not sure, but the. ASL actors were completely confined to that second level and so if you you had to choose which one you were going to watch mm-hmm. and I, I will admit that I, it just felt like a, a huge loss opportunity um, especially after shows like the, the previous Deaf West production of Spring Awakening where the ASL was integrated so beautifully into a show that was not originally written to be a show for deaf actors or deaf characters or have ASL in it. I I mean, I I loved that production so much. And this one, it it kept it so completely separate Mm -hmm. that it it, it just, it it felt like a a huge lost opportunity. And I'm imagining that was a directional choice. I'm not exactly sure why it was a directional choice. Um... Uh, yeah. All, all that being said, really, really, really lovely show. If you can get your hands on a script, read it because um, I think I, don't, I think it only this is its last week of mm-hmm. its run. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was very interesting. It, it, I, I walked away from it, and I, knowing that I really liked it, it, it was a lot. It was a lot to think about, it, yeah. it, and and it was. It got to a point in the in the play where you, you were just kind of hands on your head going, oh my God, please not another thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it was so much. Did we
1: talk, last year when I was in LA, did we talk about this? I saw a play with Felicia Rashad that had a similar premise. It was called Heads of Passes, I think. Uh, I don't know if we did. It's, it, it's the exact same inspiration, which is the book of Job. Uh-huh. Um, and it was done in at the public two years ago, I want to say, and they brought it to the mark Taper. Oh, um,
0: th- this rings a bell, but yeah. I don't know if
1: we I feel talked like we about ta- it. I want to say we talked about it at least for like a second. Uh, but yeah, it was the, the playwright was the man who wrote the play that Moonlight is based off of. The Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Black men look blue in the moonlight, something. Mm-hmm. I, don't quote me that that's the actual title, but something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a very similar premise. No ASL, though. It's a woman who loses everything in like yeah. a night. Um, and it Ugh. starts with her birthday party at her house and her husband had just passed away the year before. And she's got three children, I think, and then an adopted daughter, but the adopted daughter's on this, like, really terrible path, and she's coming in, uh, to town for, like, the night, uh, and it's this whole big deal, and then there's this big storm that happens, Oh, uh, she, uh, she the adopted daughter reveals that the dad who had just died the year before used to rape her. Uh, and she's oh. like, yeah, and, she, and she's like, "That's why I don't." Oh. She's like, "That's why I don't come here anymore because like well, I don't like being in this house." And uh, yeah, no, exactly. Oh my gosh! Please take it. If you have
0: not taken a Xanax yet, please take please a take Xanax. Uh, but uh, and for, then this for then me, take two.
1: But then on top of that, this giant hurricane comes in at the end of Act One and like breaks down the entire house. So <laughs> Act Two is the ruins of this house in the giant puddle and it's essentially a one-woman show for Felicia Rashad because she like comes out of the rubble and I guess like one of the, uh, the adopted daughter like ran off when the hurricane happened and the other like kids and one of the kids' spouses went to go get her Mm. and they all died in a car crash on like while trying to reach each other. So she's just alone. And the like the last 40 minutes of the play are just her alone on stage in a giant monologue trying to come to grips with her new reality herself and like what she knew and what she didn't know from the past. Like she's like, I never knew that he used to do that to her. Maybe I did. I think I did. I always did. I knew, I knew, I knew. Mm. And then she's like, but I still believe in God. And that's the end of the play. Uh, and mm. it was it was one of those plays where like the entire play was set up for those last 40 minutes. So mm. I didn't like a thing about it until the last 40 minutes cuz I'm just sure. sitting there going like like you said it's all like oh god another thing yeah. and another thing yeah, and another just, thing. Yeah,
0: it just it, it feels uh, 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 sometimes it feels abusive, I guess. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're just, oh my god oh But my now gosh.
1: I want Tom Kitt to write a musical inspired of The Book of Job starring Alice Ripley. Yeah. Because I want to see Alice Ripley act all the things getting taken away from her and showing us that basic level of awe. Yeah, it, it's it, It's so funny because...
0: The Book of Judy. The, yes, Book of Judy. Really, <laughs> I beg to differ with you, Top. You're a Coolidge dollar. Yeah, so that's what so that's what I saw to set off my uh, depression of a week. <laughs> what did you? What have you seen?
1: Well, I haven't seen any theater, but yesterday I treated myself to two <gasps> things. Um, oh I, wait, I just remembered the voice memo that I sent you. Oh, you did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you have it? I kept it. I hope it's still on my phone. I don't even know what. So, John sent me a voice memo the other day. Um, Oh, yeah, no, here it is. A a voice memo the other day because his thoughts were too uh, stream of conscious to just text it. He had to just audio it to me. And it was in regards to the title (gasps) of 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 this podcast, which I assumed he got because we, like, okay... Okay, let's back up for a second. Flash uh, flashback to like 15 months ago when, yeah. like, I reached out to John and said, "Hey, I think you and I could maybe like do a podcast that would be entertaining." Boy, was I wrong, right? And <laughs> what a what a mistake. And you, and dis, and considering how scattered this podcast is, you would be baffled how many meetings John and I had to discuss what exactly it was we wanted to do with this podcast. Like, we had truly quite a few uh, that went on for a while. So it's it's quite embarrassing that, like, it's now become... We just fucking threw them <laughs> out the window. We did. After, like, episode three, we were like, fuck categories and... <laughs> fuck form. Oh, just that. Like, we... Whatever. We can do whatever. Point is, if we, like, talked about what it is we wanted to do, and it was gonna be, like, we would do these, like, audition breakdowns. We would also break down, uh, like, Broadway uh, tropes and, like, things that we saw and, and break them down into different subcategories. And then we also, like, would have our own, like, little mental breakdowns on the show. Mm. And John, I guess... I don't know if he forgot or what, but he just... I don't know what... I forgot I will play for you what John sent me on Friday at 1049 p.m. I had just come home from work after a very long subway ride, and this really cheered me up.
0: Wait, I had to send you a voice memo because it's going to take me too long to type out, but I wanted to tell you that I realized... Today, that our podcast title has two different meanings because it's like we're breaking down Broadway like bit by bit, like putting it together. <laughs> and then we're also, <laughs> I, I hate myself for that. Um, and then we are also like the Broadway breakdown because we're like having an episode. Like, we're like, oh, I'm like breaking down. Wow, I'm crazy. So it's like having a breakdown. It's like a pun. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> in my defense, I've never claimed to be smart. I've never claimed to be aware no that's of what's true. going on at any moment. I've never claimed <laughs> to
1: understand words, simple See, words. You if I, if there is the way that I always think of John is m- Mame, but not the character of Mame, the character of Vera. It's all going to get very specific right here right now. In the scene after the opening number, when it's, like, um. the morning after this big party and, and uh, Mame's hungover, and then you find out Vera's, like, still in the living room from the night yeah. before, and she's like, come on, Vera, we're going upstairs, and Vera goes, we're not upstairs? Yeah. <laughs> that is John in a nutshell. It, we're not
0: it, upstairs. <laughs> it definitely is me in a nutshell. I, yeah. I'm proud of me, though. I'm, yeah. pr- I'm proud that I-, I You I'm got proud, there. I'm proud that it took me
1: a year. Yeah, a little over a year, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, this is all to say how I treated myself. So, um, as I said before, I'm going to Disney World in about a month, and even though we've found a way... I'm going with a friend of mine and uh, a couple of members of his family because they had extra space, and I was like, sure. Uh, They... We were going sort of like in the off season, so it's pretty cheap. But still, like mom was on a budget, yeah. so I went to go see a Star is Born yesterday at a sensible ten thirty in the morning. Mm. Uh, it said ten a.m., but once the trailers are over, it's ten thirty. Jesus Christ! There were eight trailers, and I'm not shitting you, eight. Um, when I saw Star is Born, and then at night I treated myself to some Domino's, some red wine, and an old school viewing of The Little Mermaid, which. <sighs> I have to tell you right right here right now. Just let me go on the record. I've, everyone who knows me knows I feel this way. But re- rewatching it for a while, after a long time, that movie holds up exceptionally well. Yes, it does. Um, what no one really gets because you know Buzzfeed and Vulture love to use like buzzword headlines of like it's about a woman changing herself for a man. Oh, is that the, what they're called? Buzzfeed. I don't. I'm maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Uh, the movie's truly about a daughter, do- uh, a father understanding that his daughter does not want the life that he wants and is different than everyone else in his family and accepting that and and giving his, not his permission, but you know, permission for lack of a better word. To let her go and do the, have the life that makes her happy. Yeah. Um, which in this case is a mermaid becoming a, a human. And Tyler, Of course, Tyler walks into that exact moment. We talked about so many other fucking things. And the second I get on The Little Mermaid, Tyler walks back into the room. Uh, Tyler Miller and everybody, the person we plugged last week. Hey. Uh, yeah, so I just wanted to give that little shout out to The Little Mermaid. People think always about that, but it's actually about family and sort of understanding the differences that you have with other members of your family. I
0: watched The Little Mermaid growing up twice every day. Um mm-hmm. it, it, uh, this, is not, this is not an exaggeration. No, I, I say I would put it on two times a day growing up because it was my favorite movie. And I truly do think it's such a formative movie for me and mm-hmm. so many other people because it basically taught us how to be gay. It, it really did. It, it taught us how to mix. It taught <sighs> us to Haunting. find a Prince Eric. It taught us... When in doubt, find a drag queen and sell your voice to her yeah, for she's,
1: legs. Yeah, because she will fucking entrap you. Uh, I will say, rewatching it now that I, all the things I know about Jodie Benson, like what crazy for you and smile, I was like, the restraint this woman has right now as she's singing these songs. Because, like, bitch used to be able to belt up to like an E and an F. Like, she was a crazy high belter. And Howard Ashman was like, for this movie, I want you to mix everything. And she's like, really? You know I can belt really high. It's like, you're going to mix Everything. Uh. And she does. She mixes everything. It's beautiful. Star is Born. Um, so, for those of you who haven't seen it or are not even familiar with the previous versions, I won't give away many spoilers. Um, I will say. I had watched the Judy Garland Star is Born once when I was like 16. Yeah, I've never seen any of them. It's, well, the Judy Garland one is fucking long. It is like three hours and 15 minutes. What? And that is with cut. Like, so the story that goes with the Judy Garland one was that there was a, a working cut that was like three hours and 45 minutes and they made some trims to it and it was like three hours and 20 and that was like what that is like what they premiered to critics and that's what everybody's like oh my god this movie's a masterpiece holy hell but warner brothers was like this, this movie is three hours and 20 minutes and like we're not gone with the wind like no so they cut to like two hours and 45 without any approval from the director or the writer or anything so like these ginormous cuts from the movie that sure. made no sense and the th- story goes is like that's what cost judy garland the oscar was because when that was the movie that like went out at the theaters Parts of it just didn't make any sense, and mm. so like and like major scenes of hers got cut. Um, and then over time, footage was found. So now like there's an almost complete version out there. It's it's still missing like five or ten minutes, but like a lot of footage has been found, and that's what we watch now. But it's still fucking oh, long. It's yeah. a long ass movie. Yeah. Um, and then I never saw the. Barbara Streisand one because like no. why why would I uh, I don't know <laughs> it's it, like it's also long it looks stupid it, it does it it just looks stupid it does. I'm so sorry no it does. I'm so sorry I Babs did, I know you're listening I thought I thought about watching it uh, when the trailer for this one came out for the Gaga one came out and I was like maybe I'll watch it and I watched the trailer first to see if I'd be interested and it just looked so bad. She looks bad. He looks bad. Everything about it looks terrible. That's
0: also the story, I know I have mentioned it on this podcast, but that's that's the movie where the famous Barbara Storysand quote of um, where her scene partner apologized to her because he felt that he was not giving enough to her in a yeah. scene to like bring her to the emotional state to make her cry. Yeah. And she turned to the director and goes, can you believe this guy? He thinks that whatever he's doing affects me at all. The gall. <laughs> like... So uh, ever since hearing that, I just thought, no, I, I don't, I don't need to see that. No, plus, uh,
1: plus that perm, that fucking perm. I did read some info on the shooting of that movie, and basically everyone who worked on that movie hated Barbra Streisand. They were yes. like, it was her at her absolute worst. Yes. Um, that's the other... Yeah, Chris Christopherson, the director, they all like went mm-hmm. on record to say she's fucking terrible. Yep. Um, and like, God knows, I love her in terms of her talent and this is actually going to transition later into uh part kind of the poem story I have for today. Uh, but yeah, no just no desire to see the movie. So I did see this one with Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Okay, um, right. It is exceptionally good. Yeah, um, that's what people say. Yeah, the music is phenomenal and they're both great. So like, even if the rest of the movie was only mediocre, it'd be worth it for that. Uh, It does follow the formula of the other, let's see, of the other Star is Born's pretty much to a T. Like, it hits all the major points that the other ones do as well. So if you do know Star is Born, you, there's not gonna be many... There are not gonna be many surprises for you in terms of the story. Like, you know how it's gonna end. Well, it's like the fourth time the movie's been remade. So. Yeah, exactly. But, like, it, every time they remake it, it always sort of feels like something's missing. I will say this is probably the closest they've ever gotten to getting it right. Mm. Um, and her, part of the reason is they've really made her character a really strong character. Mm. Uh, you know, she's... Tough, she's gritty. She's independent. She's smart. And the re- she's me. She's she is you. She used to wow. be you. She used to be <laughs> yours. She used to be mine. And uh, their their chemistry is just phenomenal. And their scene work together is great. Um, the last thirty seconds of the movie is what is going to win them at least three Oscars. Oh, uh, okay. There's a ton of music in it. Like, there's at, there's at least a dozen songs. Yeah. And sometimes you do the whole thing, sometimes you do half the thing. Shallow, of course, isn't, like, the right. highlight of the movie. Right, it's,
0: everyone's it's, flicking the bean over the shallow.
1: Yeah, well, it's the man that got away moment. And, mm, no, yeah. La Vienne Rose is technically the man that got away moment. But, like, in terms of highlights of the movie, like, we think of the Judy Garland when we think of man that got away. We're always going to remember Shallow. It's just, mm. it's... The way that it comes into the story, the way that they both sing it and act it, the way that it's shot is just and those yeah.
0: oh,
1: no, it's, a, it's absolutely <laughs> phenomenal and her acting is great because it's the whole idea is that she loves to perform but performing her own songs is just a little too vulnerable for her she's like I don't want to be that exposed mm. every time I try to do my own stuff I, it gets spat back in my face and he basically tricks her into singing it in front of a crowd of like thousands and you sort of see she says originally she's not going to do it and so he's like great I'm gonna do it. So he goes to start singing, and something about hearing him sing her words makes her go on stage. I love emotional manipulation. Right? That's what I thrive on. The whole of. movie. Uh, <laughs> but oh God, just the the movie goes on and on. And they have their plot lines, and it comes to this point in the end where Gaga has a big final number, and you think to yourself like, she's great. It sounds great. It's a little too Hollywoody. And then the last 30 seconds, gut punch. And I went, oh, they're like, if they don't at least win. An Oscar for him or her or the song or the directing or the moment. Like, it's just.
0: It's I'm a, wondering what could happen in the last 30 seconds. So she turn to Bradley Cooper
1: and goes, I see dead people. That's exactly and then, what And happens. everyone's been dead the whole time. She shoots, time, ping, or gay, pong, maybe? She shoots <laughs> ping pong balls out of her vagina well, while, while singing, He supports you for he loves you. Mm-hmm. And Bradley Cooper is just naked. And you go, Yeah. It felt like a good movie to see for me at this moment. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it's feel good. There's, there's some shit goes down. There, there is one shot that you're that just like devastates you. Uh, it involves a garage and a dog. That's all I'll say. No, the, nothing happens to the dog. Nothing. Okay. Ha- nothing happens to the dog, but they're both involved in the scene. It's not, like, they are not the reason why the scene is devastating, but it just adds to it. I'm just imagining a really dramatic scene now between a talking garage and a dog. Well, just like when you told me about calling Me By Your Name and you just said a peach. I didn't know what was going to happen with the peach. I assumed Does some... the dog fuck the garage? That's exactly what happens. And everyone in the theater goes, ooh, too much. They went there. Not since the red coat and Schindler's List. It's oh. just, no, it's just a, it's a, the scene, for the most part, is implied, and then they like have. It's just, it's just a. Mm. I'll see it. I'll You'll see, see it. it.
0: I'll text you. I'll, I'll send you a message a year from now once I get what's going on with the dog and the garage. <laughs> I'll send you a I voice got memo. It. Go, oh do- my
1: god! The dog represents me, me, and every everything in my life. um yeah. So speaking of temperamental bitches like Barbara Streisand, so Patty Lupone, as we all know, is doing Company in a, uh, in London. Yes, and my friend just made her West End debut
0: um, as Jenny last week. Oh, really? I- I'm so excited. Yeah, she's one of the uh, understudies, the female
1: understudies, and she made her West End debut. It's amazing. Good for her. Yeah, I've heard really great things about this production. I have as well. The one thing I've heard is that. Um, uh, Another hundred people doesn't super work right now, but that's just apparently. Marion Elliott is having it take place on two subway cars. Sure, yeah. uh, you know, you know, she's Marion Elliott. She did War Horse and Angels in America and Curious Incident. You knew she wasn't going to be satisfied with just a park bench. No, no, she needs like things. Yeah, um, but this is all to say, Patty LaPone did an interview in the Guardian, and it's quite typical Patty. I was telling John for the most part she doesn't say anything that you don't already know. Like She's still not super close with Andrew Lloyd Webber. She and Glenn close. Have, they've technically buried the hatchet but they're not friends and she yeah, loves she, to remind people of she that. She and
0: Glenn aren't close.
1: No. <laughs> you know? No. Do you get Do you I, get it. I but do you it. get it? <laughs> I don't think you're going to get it for another year. You said it and I still don't think you're going to get it. I hope I get it. God, I hope you get it. I hope you get it. Cuz I don't have another here. <laughs> I don't either. This is this is my Swan song
0: this episode.
1: Yeah, this is our um Who has a so I need I was going to say someone with the last name Swan, but Elizabeth Swan song. This is my Miss Swan song. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> Racially insensitive. This is my Michelle Kwan Swan song. Um <laughs> Just read the damn thing, Matt. <laughs> oh, Hunty, I'm gonna read it for filth. She oh she mostly talks about just sort of like her diva temperament and like you know everyone says diva because people aren't supposed to speak their minds. It's like well yeah no no one's telling you to lie, Patty. But sometimes like there's a thing called tact where you know you, like I
0: dare um, you I dare you to say the word tact in front of Patty Lapone. She'll throw she, she'll throw she, a She would explode. Driving. Yeah, she, <laughs> she would. Do-
1: she would Patty implode. implode. Uh, oh, you loved it. Because well, so here's the thing. Lord knows I'm not on the Android River train. I do love me some Evita, and like he's written some stuff that I yeah, enjoy. On, like his the part. Android, like scooter. Yeah. maybe a, the electronic scooter. Yeah, or like you know I'm at the station, but I don't think I'm going to get on the train. I, yeah, I you know I haven't even technically purchased a ticket, but I thought about it, but I don't think I, I ever truly will. Yeah. Um, but he has never gone on record to like shit talk her which I give him at least a little bit of credit for he's he knows he did wrong and he just because you know that it's come up you know that people have asked him about it and he's most likely just said like I'd rather not talk about Patty you know I think that's just disrespectful yeah anytime anyone brings up Angela Weber, Patty the poem's like oh honey (laughs) let me tell you um and I get it you know it sometimes you can't control what still hurts but I think you can always control a little bit Mm. wow that's so true yeah I listen, well, thank, bitch. See, I didn't even, I didn't even need to go to therapy. No, today. bitch. I'm your therapist. I went to five therapists before the age of thirteen. Did it you all, really? I did. Well, speaking of Little Mermaid, uh, what? Hap- <laughs> well, yeah, no. So you say you watched uh, twice a day every day for a while. I wouldn't say I watched it twice a day. I watched it a lot, and I watched Beauty and the Beast a lot. Well, yes, yeah, um, and Wizard of Oz a lot. But what made my parents? send me to therapy the first time was me recreating the part of your world's reprise on the rock a lot when I was a kid because you know she's on that rock doing part of your world so she they just said that. that you were humping Ottomans no they thought I had gender identity issues uh because I was like three or four and I was constantly acting out Ariel and I was like well first of all of course she's the lead I want to play the lead right uh and my parents had this bathtub where the one half was higher than the other so it was just was perfect for that moment and my parents just got very concerned so that was the first therapist and then after that it just kind of spiraled uh, <sighs> yeah so five therapists before the age of 13 you're welcome i'm so sorry to your it's parents. Fi- I'm so sorry, Danny. Well, it's fine. I feel I feel great. I feel very at ease with myself. So, it maybe, maybe some of it rolled off. I don't know. I become a therapist for all my friends and family. So, that's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make me feel alone long run. So, uh anywho, five therapists. I don't know how we got to there. Patty Lapona, I'm your therapist today. That's how we got there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't uh, remember. You I don't can't con- remember anything. You can't control what still hurts, but yes, uh, that was you it. can you know, have some restraint. And she doesn't really have that. She's sort of given up on that. She loves the fact that she's patty. True. Um, and one thing she talks about is, she has the quote that I love, uh, or, you know, the interview talks, basically describes a sentence with Patty LaPone is like watching a uh, an elephant tiptoe through a china shop. I'm trying to watch Patty LaPone have restraint is like watching an elephant tiptoe through a china shop. You know there's the possibility that Something won't break, but you're still super relieved when she gets to the end of the sentence and nothing's broken. Sure, like you, sure, like it's still like it's always going to be a possibility that it won't break. But yeah. is there's also the possibility that everything will completely shatter? Uh, like she goes on record to say that that Hal Prince is the cruelest director she's ever worked with. Okay, brilliant. He's a brilliant stager, but a terrible director. Uh, she they asked about her Madonna. She goes, Madonna. Ugh. But I can't really talk about Madonna. Madonna's Madonna. That's a direct quote. I'll leave it at that. Uh... And then she says and this that it, is new this this interview yeah this is brand new and uh, she casually says that some extremely famous person that it remains nameless is mentally unstable and she says don't print that he once tried to sue me uh, well
0: I <laughs> wonder why
1: Pat yeah she goes on record to say uh, she calls Angela River poor guy because you know he wants the same critical success that Steven Sondheim gets but he never gets it Yeah. Uh, <sighs>
0: I am going to start a brand of tea <laughs> that is ju- Lapone brand tea. It only comes in one flavor, extra spicy tea. Uh, or you can call
1: like, it a teva, like a Vita, but reverse it. Or I guess patty Lapone. Yeah, patty. It's patty. Let's serve, serve some patty. She and just... you have to serve it with some pâté. I mean, d- dragging the children. Oh, absolutely. Um, she had another one. Wait, where was it? Talk about the diva shit. Um, oh, they say um, someone asks about, you know, temperament. And, you know, she says, if you can't back up the temperament with talent, then, like, no one will bother. But if you can back it up, she says, or uh, she says something along the lines of uh, being difficult. Why, like, why complain if someone can deliver? well <laughs> and it's like well because
0: you know, someone can deliver and still be an awful human being Patty yeah ask not to- calling you an awful human being no. at all but I'm just saying to, to answer your question girl
1: yeah like ask Tony Collette and the wild party uh, you, you know she reported Manny Patinkin to Actors' Equity like multiple times wait she did? yeah do you not know this story? no oh serving some patty right here so the Lacusa Wild Party Yes, Not the, so the, the, the Broadway. The, the Broadway, Broadway one. With t- with everyone you can ever name who's Bonnie Clatt, um, Arthur Kitt. Manny Betakin, Sally Murphy, Norm Lewis, all the people, all the amazing people. Brixton e. Morber, who mm-hmm. closed this out last week. Uh Manny Butankin was playing Burrs, the alcoholic coke-fueled clown. Clown. yeah, yeah. Super abusive. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. As you know from uh, I was at my happiest when I was with you. What was the name of the play again? Um, I was most alive with you. I was most alive with you. Uh, I'm sure there's an alcoholic womanizing abusive clown in that play at some point. Uh, Basically. Yeah, and he's super abusive and violent to everybody. He, you know, Manny Batinkin is a method actor, which I always hate the term, but he's a method actor, which meant that in rehearsals and in previews, he was uh, throwing shit like left and right to, to actors which is one thing if like you're in a scene and you maybe want to change a bit of blocking that only affects you but when it comes to like Vi- like stage violence or safety, exactly. Or like that whole show was on a turntable, and was very intricately staged. Uh-huh. If you change your staging spur of the moment, that fucks up Tony Collette. Like that's also just dangerous. Like scenery could collide with her. Yeah. And there was a time there was a uh, preview where he spat in her face during a <gasps> scene, and he like French kissed someone during a scene, and he one night he tried to refuse to go on because he hated the lighting, and he just like he was like getting all up in his head. And Tony Collette reported him to Actors Equity multiple times, and they were in rehearsals once at some point and they were doing a scene where they're supposed to be facing each other and he just decided to like face out to the audience the entire time first time she let it go second time she's getting antsy third time he did it she goes what the fuck are you doing i'm right here look at me yeah but patty's great friends with Manny Patinkin so in her mind if he can deliver why complain well
0: that's true an evening with patty lapone and manny patinkin See, we- i
1: actually never thought that his temperament was like that. I've never heard that. I that's, had heard another story when he was in bananas. Secret I heard another story when he was in Secret Garden and they were in tech. Um, they, I think they were doing a cue to cue and something went wrong and one of the actresses in the ensemble uh, was supposed to deliver him his cane in a scene transition and and something happened where she wasn't able to get there on time. And like This is after a month and a half of rehearsals. They're (laughs) in the middle of tech. Like, until that point, it had all gone right. Right. This one time, she wasn't able to get there on time. And he just rips into her. And he's like, this is why I need my cane on time, blah, 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 blah. And to this actress's credit, she takes a beat. And she goes, Mr. Patinkin. In the future, it'll behoove you to know that I simply play your maid. I'm not actually your maid. Yes. And she walked off stage. Good for her. And he apologized because she good stood for, her ground. Good, good for, for her. her. Yeah. I want to know who it was because I whoever do. it was is my fucking what a hero. Fam. Right. I was like, that is a great line. Stand your ground, motherfucking. I want to get that.
0: I want to get that as a tattoo. Yeah. Right I play your. Ass. I
1: play your maid. I'm not actually your maid. Uh, it was a great. Moment. I love it. If someone can wow. find Rebecca Luker and ask her who it was, that would be great. We're getting deep cut Mandy Patinkin tea today. I just yeah. didn't, I didn't know. Mandy Patinkin. Mandy.
0: Why Are you trying to make me more depressed? Yeah, I, I, I
1: honestly don't know. Getting further into the crevasse. <laughs> into your crevasse.
0: Oh my it's God. It's fine. Don't worry
1: about it, John. It's okay. We're here for you. The
0: world is so sad.
1: It is. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? No. <laughs> Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? I hope not. No. Um, yeah. So we've successfully talked about Mandy Patinkin tea, Patty LaPone tea. Uh, yeah. We've we, Well, so in terms of this article, we kind of already got into it, but I did want to ask you, when it comes to <laughs> that shit, like diva behavior shit, like, I know that I don't like it. I, I get the idea of, you know, if someone can deliver, that's phenomenal. But having been in work environments that are terrible... Uh, I, do, I don't like it, even if the person can deliver.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if I've never, ever necessarily been... I'm trying to think if, if I've ever been in a show with someone who was a downright nightmare to work with because they were a diva. I've I definitely worked with my fair share of actors with um, some emotional problems that they have not dealt with mm-hmm. but that they then bring into a rehearsal room or that they then bring on stage. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly... <laughs> having, <laughs> having. A mo- I'm not doing
1: anything right now. To make John act this way, by the way, he's just. It's in because his head.
0: I'm giggling at myself. He's in his Because own I'm head. broken. Having emotional issues and being an actor can sometimes go hand in hand. You know what I mean? You know. I, you you, 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 you I know, know what, what I'm mean? talking
1: about. <laughs> I am fully developed and I'm healed.
0: Yeah, and so it's. But but we also, diva behavior, we feed into it. We ate it. it it's, I mean, if you were doing a show with Patty Lapone and she did something like that to you, would you have the courage to tell her that you only play her maid? I don't know if I would. And I try to think of myself as a pretty strong-willed yeah. person who would stand up for themselves. But when someone that you've idolized for years pulls shit like that...
1: Yeah. Um, when the cards are down it's like yeah, what you going to do? What would you do? That, Which is why I idolize that actress even more yeah. who said that to Manny Batinkin. Yeah. Uh, cuz like the cards were down and she did it.
0: Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're
1: the top. Yeah. You're an arrow You're the top. So I saw
0: Waitress yesterday. You <laughs> did. I did. Um, I I had previously seen Betsy Wolfe as Jenna and I saw I caught up Yesterday, um, Nicolette Robinson has been playing yep. Jenna recently, um, and so I could talk a bit about her. But there actually were some other lead cast changes this week. So I also saw—I oh, want to say her name—is Jenna Klingaman as Dawn. Um, she just came from the tour, and I saw Alex Wise as Ogie, and I saw Broadway's newest sweetheart Al, Al Roker. Roker. As old Joe, Joe, I don't know, yeah, the old guy, the old guy you who know. gives her the money, yeah, exactly. Um, which is also the plot of Pretty Woman, yeah. I, uh, which is a really fun show because when I saw it last time, I, I was expecting to be really emotional when I, you know, I, 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 I listened to the music a good amount. Actually, I'm not gonna lie, I listened to the music. A lot. I, it's I fi- a great score. I, yeah, I find I find that CD or the album that CD. What the fuck? I, I'm like a '90s dad. I'm like I listen to that CD in my Walkman. Yeah. No. but like I I listen to that album a, a good amount. It, it's just the the music is really great. I'm a Sarah Bareilles fan through and through. Jesse Mueller could read to me my test results that are telling me that I'm going to die, and I would still be like another more. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. But um. Yeah, I this produ- so this the show started yesterday and I was I was very much into it. Uh, Nick Nicola has a phenomenal voice. Yeah, her voice phenomenal is beautiful. Phenomenal voice. Um her her mix is very very chesty. So a lot of times I I would say she even belted more than Jesse Mueller, which I did not Jessie didn't belt, belt that much in the show. She didn't. Um but but Jesse also has that raspy voice mm-hmm. that kind of gives it more heart and yeah, earthiness to Feels it. Feels like it comes feel, from the yeah. gut. Um but yeah, and so I I really I, I I was enjoying the beginning, you know, just fine. Um Jenna Klingerman as Don was was really wonderful. Um and I didn't did you do you have you heard about her story at all? My my friend who's in the show just told me her story yesterday and it's actually quite interesting. She um is mostly a Shakespearean actress, comedian. Ooh. Um she does she's only done straight plays up until this and she was the reader for the tour auditions and um Diane Paulus turned to her and goes, "Hey, um, have you ever been seen for this show? And she goes, no, I don't sing. And she goes, we can maybe work around that. And so, sure enough, she booked it, and she'd been playing Don on the tour. And she can sing. She definitely can. Um, they they add a couple moments where the ensemble kind of sweetens her vocals a little bit to mm-hmm. give it a little more oomph, because When He Sees Me is a very difficult song it's to hard. sing. Um... But she was really, really, really wonderful. Uh, Alex Wise, National Treasure. I mm. hate him. I love him. He can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Just I mean, I mean that role is just it's built to steal the show, anyways, yeah. and he does, and he's amazing. And I, I, I bow down. He, he's brilliant. Um, Al Roker is really sweet. Aww. Al Roker is really, really sweet. And something about the mix of him and Nicolette. So. Nicolette, I, the, you know, I was going through the show and whereas previous, the, the previous Jenna I, I had seen, I, I really loved her in the first act and then in the second act I was like oh okay cool, you know, it's all fine. With Nicolette I, I was like okay, I'm feeling her I'm feeling her, she, yeah, she, she's doing good and then kind of from uh from bad idea on she just like puts the, her foot on the pedal and I was a sobbing mess at Waitress yesterday. Oh. And yeah, sh- her her that. uh she used to be mine was really quite lovely. Um and her uh, kind of her whole journey after ha- giving birth is Yeah, I was I I was like I was like sob shaking a little bit in waitress yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it could also be the emotional place that I'm in, but I wasn't actually feeling really emotional yesterday. I was feeling quite dead, so I, I didn't. I didn't go and think I was going to cry at all. Um, but I also was seeing one of my dearest friends from childhood, growing up, uh, Jessie Hooker Bailey. This is her second Broadway show. She's in the ensemble. She's the knocked up woman who's like, yeah. who's there? Yeah. Um, and she understudies no Don. And so I, I do tend to get emotional watching her on stage, but yeah, there were there, were, there were a couple scenes with Al Roker and Nicolette Robinson that just tore my heart out. Question mark. So good I, for you, Al Roker. Yeah. So it was really, really quite, quite sweet. Waitress is still in still in good hands, y'all. Uh, Al Roker broke her. Yeah. Buy the tickets. Buy yeah. the tickets. Um, Hurricane Al Roker. Steal, <laughs> s- sweeping up your yeah. hearts and
1: that's nice to hear. I love the movie waitress that it's based I've never off. seen it. It's really good. It's um It's The Girl from Felicity. It's Felicity, right? Carrie Russell. Yeah, Felicity. Yes. Felicity. Carrie Russell. Yeah, National Felicity. Treasure Carrie Russell. Also many time Emmy nominee for the Americans and will be seen on Broadway this year in Burn This with Adam Driver. Oh, yeah. We don't, unclear what theater yet, but uh, it's coming, so that's very exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to see her because I think she's so great. She, there was a toughness to Carrie Russell as Jenna that I never felt Jesse Mueller had in the role. Uh, and, like, Jesse was wonderful. But one of the things about Carrie Russell in the movie was that it was very easy to root for her and know that she was going to turn out okay because there was a grit to her and, it, and sort of a strength that in the first half sort of felt like a shield to kind of keep her from falling apart in this terrible life she has and then in the second half was a way to get herself out of it um, and the movie you know, had sort of a natural, we were talking about Craig Lucas where it was sort of like a heightened naturalness mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm, the movie is kind of like that where it all feels very real and they all feel like very real characters but there's a slightly heightened sense about it that can still make you laugh at some really uncomfortable moments mm-hmm. Uh Whereas the musical, I I do think it's a very good musical adaptation. I have some issues with the production itself, uh, which I'll just say. Like I felt there were times when, in trying to reach that heightened realism, they kind of overshot it. Yeah. Uh, Most importantly, when every time Jenna comes up with a pie, pie. yeah, yeah, I was like, I was like, I don't think the staging is necessary, which is. I'll just say a shame, because as I said, I do think it's actually a really lovely musical, and I think if the production were just a little less busy, that would come out more. But it sounds like to me that with Nicolette Robinson and Al Roker, that musical is coming out a lot more.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that in the vein of Carrie Russell that she gives, um, that she she actually starts the show quite, uh, mousy and kind of, and, and kind of weak. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's when she finds her strength that that really kicks in and you, it really comes from a place that was really quite moving. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was beautiful. It was, it was, waitress. Loved it. Yeah. Se- second time round, Loved it. Still didn't get a pie, but, uh, but the Canadian woman sitting next to me did, and I looked at
1: it. Did, well, that's, <laughs> that's the gay man diet. Yeah. I, <laughs> she got food and I just looked at it. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I I am currently in possession of a onesie that is way too big for me, so I feel I feel <laughs> my good. My clothes are just so big for me. My little skinny skeleton body. It's hard to keep clothes on these bones. <laughs> Thank you, John. That's what I was fishing for. Uh, no, like literally, it's two sizes too big. It's meant for someone who's like six feet tall. So I wear it so I can feel like I'm skinny. Um, I'm just You're like skinny. You, you like are the, skinny. Well. Thank you, but I like to feel more so I, If I'm not feeling like Fosca in Passion I don't want anyone to capture me in a photo or video I always feel like Fosca from Passion Because she's kind
0: of like a, a gargoyle of a human Who just wants to be loved yeah. And if that's not me, I don't know what it no, is you are, I ca- I'm just creeping in the background Stalking all of y'all's lives The
1: first time I ever met John He was clinging to somebody's leg going Love me, it's so love true. me or I'll die Yeah,
0: and that is why I'm not allowed near Ryan Steele anymore
1: Oh my, what's he up to? Hunting my dreams.
0: No, I think he's in uh <laughs> he's in a show. He's doing Aren't we all? No, Me- he- emotionally speaking anyway. I don't remember. One of those shows where the ensemble men are pretty <laughs> Broadway? Yeah.
1: God, like they would they could do a Heavyweights the musical and the entire ensemble would just be Ryan Steele's and Max Claytons and we'd be like, "Why?" Oh. Like, well, on Broadway, this is considered fat. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll be, that should be our next Jukebox That Musical. You are now, okay, I'm giving you the assignment now. Jukebox I That was, Musical. It's
0: going into rehearsal. So, it's
1: Heavyweights, so you have a plot you can already I deal I don't know with. what Heavyweights is. What? What? I don't know. Heavyweights is a 90s movie about I, I, a fat I did, camp. I
0: didn't, oh, that's one with the blob.
1: Yeah, no, yes, when the blob. They
0: jump into the blob, yeah. Exactly. big thing in the lake.
1: Yes, and Ben Stiller's the new owner and he's like really fucking insane. Yeah. Okay. Just like go on Wikipedia and, and look up the plot again. That is your new joke box. that musical. The song catalog must be... Give me a second. Whitney Houston? <laughs> no, I want it to be harder than that. Um, um, I'm
0: going to make you rue Will- the Will- day. Willie that you- Nelson. I literally couldn't even name you a single Willie Nelson Neither song. Neither
1: could I. That's the that's the benefit. You're going to listen to his songs to go, oh, I actually enjoy this one. <sighs> no, I'm not. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know what the future holds. I'm going to do it with Kesha songs. Great. That's even better. <laughs> I, I changed my mind. Heavyweights with Kesha songs. Perfect. You'll or n- you'll no. never
0: hear from me again. This no, is my, this no, is my no, final no. episode of the podcast. No I, no,
1: I changed my mind. Not not Heavyweights. I want something more about shit. Birdman with the songs of Kesha Alright I think there's something there I do too actually I could see something with that um. <laughs> <laughs> So before I- you leave this podcast everybody the things to know being an asshole is not an excuse uh, uh, being an artistic genius is not an excuse for being an asshole if someone's playing your maid, don't treat them like a maid. Go see A Star is Born. Rewatch The Little Mermaid. And um, sometimes going through multiple therapists before the age of 13 is good for you emotionally. Sometimes. Some people needed five therapists before 13 and didn't get them.
0: It's so true. Like the
1: person opposite me.
0: Dear God. I, they they really should have gotten me in there on day one. But... Yeah. <laughs> pop down and go, oh no, this kid's gonna need help. Yeah, they should have known. But... Yeah, I don't know what to sum up my lessons for the week. Um, Sadness is real. (laughs) Yes.
1: You can't control what still hurts. Very true. Accept that now, everybody. Um, I'm still devastated that Fun Home is no longer on Broadway. Same. But I've accepted it.
0: Yeah, I also... I'm going to try being happy today... And we'll see if that works. We'll check in. I'm gonna grab myself some Chipotle, and I think that's all. Oh my god, that's exactly what I'm gonna do too. Yay. We'll text each other our burritos. I'm getting tacos. But I'm, I'm actually going to well, the I'm track. going to the Lincoln Center Library right after this, and I'm <gasps> watching the yeah. 1996 revival of Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the
1: Forum. Amazing. You got that all taken care of? I did. I'm Good. very excited. I've never watched one of the archival videos before, so it's I'm gonna, very excited. It is very interesting over there. I, next podcast, we'll talk about it once you've been there. But uh, Yeah, the, and this is our
0: last one together in the same place for a little while. So, yeah. Matt, I just want to take this moment to look directly in your eyes and say, I've never cared for you. I've never loved
1: you. Aw. <laughs> You make me so upset. John, I want to take this moment to tell you that I hear you, I see you, and I respect you. you But I don't like you. (laughs) Not a single fucking bit. To quote Pheromone, you don't love me. (laughs) You don't love me. And to quote Kennedy Davenport, fuck my drag truth
0: on that note we gotta go <laughs> we,
1: we do gotta go I, I think gotta, it's a, I gotta think get food in my stomach I think it's I, gotta to watch, I gotta watch the revival yes you do I'm very excited to hear your thoughts uh diva for the week I have an idea but I want to hear your thoughts um
0: Mandy Patinkin
1: nope Wrong choice. Wrong choice second week in a row. So I'm taking over and our diva for this week will be Jody Benson. Oh that's fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. I'm debating if I want to do mixy Jody or Belty Jody. Jody Belty Benson. (laughs) A giant mashup. Go from part of your world into the end of Disneyland. Actually, just don't even air this episode. Just make a (laughs) mixtape of Jody Benson's songs and air that. I will. Everyone would appreciate that so much more. Just her ah and I got rhythm and crazy for you. Ah! With her crazy ass vibrato. All right. This has been Broadway Breakdown, everybody. Uh, I don't have any sign ups and John can't form words right now. He is literally convulsing with laughter. Goodbye. Goodbye. Take us away, Jody. Bye.
0: Maybe it's all I think that's a chance i'll take it's perfectly